and the Nebraska Life Podcast. You're listening to episode 10 called Questioning Confirmation. Okay, group, I'm just going to uh, jump right in. Hello, hello. Um, Something I worry a little bit about, and I don't worry that much, is I don't want my, quote, show to be repetitive. (laughs) I do feel like I talk about the same things all the time, but... The thing is, and, you know, I'm always trying to make a spiritual point. And I don't know. I I actually haven't. I I don't know if there are people like this or maybe I've just read about them. But I feel like there are people exist that, like, come to Jesus in in their adult life or something. And then all they can do is talk about Jesus. And I'm sort of like that, (laughs) again, not like that per se, but I really, I really just cannot emphasize enough group how like the discovery of myself as like a sexually attractive person and like the discovery of my own femininity. And I'm like, oh, wait, like I just, it is just such every day. It is like a surprise to me. Like, I look in the mirror and I see that my, I, you know, like I say, again, I say this all the time. I'm like, wow, I really love my boobs. And I'm like, oh, my skin looks really good. (laughs) Like, I just, and you know, I've, I think I've mentioned before that I like get my toes, like I get a pedicure and I, like, I really cannot emphasize enough how in the, in the before, like before my conversion, (laughs) (laughs) I truly didn't know that I had like beauty to maintain or I didn't even really know that I was a a woman I mean again it's hard to explain but just because of the circumstances of my life I just just didn't know that I too could be like sexually attractive and just like be in the world as a woman I mean, all this, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard, right? But for me, I mean, just even talking about it, I'm just like, whoa. I, so I talk about it every week or every, every time I'm on my own podcast because it is like a shock to me. I don't know if I will ever get over it um, that this like happened. So... Um, I just, I, you know, I don't want to, I always say I try not to live with too many regrets. I mean, what can you do? Like I always say about the past, it's done, it's done, it's done. But then there's also the idea, you know, that it's never done. Like it always lives inside you. And I'll tell you what, um, a few early in August, my um, family was gone. Like they went to see my, my sister on the East Coast. And so I had a few days um, home alone. 
and I had big dreams. And this is where I don't really wish what happened to me would happen to other people because it's not the timing is not good. Like I wish, um, you know, if I could help other people, I want them to like discover that they are like attractive and sexy when they're, you know, available. <laughs> when the, I don't know, maybe is it a normal thing to feel that way when you were 18? Because I just, I just so absolutely did not that I can't really imagine how it would feel to feel that way. But certainly many people do, I think. So I recommend that. I think that it's a good time to like be able to explore like, for example, before you're married. <laughs> <laughs> and before you are, you know, a mother of teenage children. So because then you just, they're, you know, you don't have to answer to anyone, I, I think. Again, I just so deeply did not have these experiences that I just don't know. So my family was gone and I had this idea. I didn't really know how it was going to shake out, but I was going to like go to Omaha and... um go dancing. I don't I don't even know what that means. Like are there any clubs in Omaha? I was just going to like, you know, be like a 20-year-old, be a college student, I guess. Um the things I never did when I was actually a college student and so I was going to go. Um but <laughs> I ended up not going because of many reasons. Like I don't, when I, if I were to do something, I don't actually know even how to behave. And I don't know what I, it just, it's just very frustrating. I, I heard on um, one of my yoga videos, one of the teachers said that uh, the root of all dis-ease is constipation. And I, I literally feel like constipated when I talk, try to talk. Oh, <laughs> like I just can't get it out. <laughs> so like thinking of me going to Omaha to a dance club. I mean, A, is that even a thing? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just picture like, like you see in t- on TV or um, like people pulsing in like sexy dresses and drinking and again I don't I don't know how to do these things so should I go with the group of friends I don't know just just a very constipating situation which I ended up not even doing because um I ended up while my family was gone I was working on my dissertation rough draft which actually went really well like it was really great to just have that time where nobody was, you know, saying I need to eat. <laughs> like I could just take care of myself. Um, so I, I've said to people, yes, I did uh, fall in love earlier this summer with my own writing. <laughs> so anyway, I did have, um, you know, a somewhat life-changing experience while my family was gone, but I didn't actually go to. The t- I have yet to go to a dance club um, and <laughs> what do people do? I mean, I've said before, like even going to bars, like I don't know how to do that. Um, so anyway, this is not even the main point of my 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 talk. I have a few more things to talk about. Um, I guess my message <laughs> to the young listeners out there is 
don't be don't be so ignorant. I wish I could go back and like try things, but I just cannot even get into my mind. I can't even explain how my mind was back then. Like I truly didn't know how to like get out there. I I mean I've never learned how to get out there and I didn't I I just like trying to describe how I was when I was 19. I remember just being in my dorm um and Nyhart, what, what? I also, I told a friend, I also probably shouldn't have lived in Nyhart. No offense to everyone out there who lived in Nyhart. The quote, honors dorm at UNL. I just, I just, what really helped me was meeting people who were not just like me. I mean, again, there were plenty of people, they call it, you know, nerd heart. Ugh. There were plenty of nerds in Nyhart, I guess. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I, what really helped me see like my own sexual confidence was getting to know people who were sexually confident. And like that, that was a real like salvation for me. And I, so I just should have met more of those people. I should, but I just, I cannot say enough how just I didn't know how to handle those situations. I didn't know how to seek out those situations. I just didn't know. Um, so that, that's, that's done. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> Meaning like that still lives in me. And I, I don't know if or when or how I can overcome it. Or Anyway, this is a lot about inquiry. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um, the point is, like now that I've, be, I've had this conversion, and you know, just me like dancing in a club in Omaha, does that really matter? That's, that's what all of this is about. I've had this conversion. I realize, oh, wait, I am a girl. Oh, wait, I actually really enjoy being a girl. <laughs> I actually super duper. I mean, something about me is there's nothing special about me. There's nothing different. Like I'm just a, there's so many ways to perform your, your gender. And I'm learning that what I like is, is like very traditional femininity there's no I'm not even I don't have anything um I don't even want to use you know I don't want to say words like normal or unique but I'm just there's nothing unusual about my sexuality I don't think like I just want to be a girl like I enjoy like getting my toes painted I enjoy like wearing a little anklet I enjoy wearing dresses like there's nothing again this is obviously something I need to um study more. I don't really even know how to use like on the spectrum of sexuality or anything like that. But I'm just like a, a regular girl, completely unspecial. <laughs> and it's funny that I'm kind of just discovering that now because you wouldn't think that this would be like a huge um, discovery because I did, I'm not doing, okay, I think this is what I want to say. I'm not doing anything outside social, quote, social norms. And that I have the greatest respect for people who do have done that. But I'm not even doing that. Like, I'm just being a regular girl. And that's like shocking to me that I didn't even know how to do that. Whoop! So anyway, point is, now that I know, what do I do? Like, I mean, would it really matter if I was went dancing in Omaha and felt like I was 19? Would that what would that do to me and on the inside or on the outside? Or so 
I guess what I'm getting at here is that in terms of spirituality, my becoming of like the awakening of my sexuality and my femininity has made me confident in my relationship with God. Like I had that relationship that I didn't use, used to have. And because of that, I feel more confident just speaking as like a, a, a theologian, like as a, I, you know, I have aspirations to be a, a spiritual leader and I actually have things to talk about. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't go back and be 20 again. I can't, you know, get experiences that's done. But what I can do is be who I am now and talk about the spiritual life and maybe somebody will get something out of it. So all this is to say that I'm, um, um, my kids are 15 and 13. And, you know, when I was a kid growing up in Minden, when I was in eighth grade, my daughter is in eighth grade, I, of course, took confirmation class, and I was confirmed in the church. Um, I don't remember much really about it at all. Um, I remember we had to meet with the, quote, session. I, I went to, I was in the Presbyterian church, and the session is, as far as I can explain it, the, the governing body. So I just picture myself as an eighth grader talking about, I guess, my Christian faith. And to me, that seems like looking back, I'm like, how, what? Like, how could I have said anything about that? And I remember talking about my favorite Bible verse, which I actually still uh, believe in this, the one about um, you can't take the speck out of your brother's eye before you take the log out of your own. And that, that imagery, you know, I, I think of splinters and much less in your eye. Um, so there's a lot to take out, you know. Um, so I remember saying that to the session, but I didn't know a thing. I didn't understand anything about my quote-unquote Christian faith when I was only 13. I mean, maybe some 13-year-olds do, but I wasn't one of them. But, you know, I was confirmed in the church, and then I could suddenly write my name in the friendship pad and check the box that says I was a member of the church, and I could take communion. And that was that. And now my own kids are that age, and this summer we were back at church in Minden, and I was like, oh, there's communion today, because I never know. I always told my kids when we would go to First Plymouth, don't take communion. I'm like, you can't, you... Don't take it until you're ready to understand, until you understand. But then, of course, I was like, wait, I don't understand communion. <laughs> no, but I don't think anybody does. Like, does anybody really know what's going on with all that? And I feel like if you were trying to, you're, all these big religious things, if you had to wait till you actually knew, knew anything, you would never, never get there. Because uh, so much is unknowable, in, in my opinion. In my experience, as I always say. So then I was like, well, that doesn't really hold water. And then, you know, COVID came and I didn't go to church. I didn't take my kids to church for a long time. So we kind of got a free pass on the whole communion issue for a while. But then we were back to Minden, the church in Minden, and it was communion. And we had to go up to the front, and both of my kids um, sat, stayed seated. And I noticed my mom give, like, look at my son, who's, you know, going to be, he's in 10th grade now, and at me, like, 
oh, uh, hasn't Teddy been in eighth grade? Isn't he confirmed? Like, can't he go take communion? Then I was like, oh, geez, I better do something about this because my parents gave me this culture. And, you know, I'm going my own way in a lot of ways, but if nothing else, I got to at least let my kids be aware of the culture of our ancestors, I guess. Again, even in this, am I doing the right thing? So I, a couple years ago when Teddy was in eighth grade, I was running a confirmation class with him. We read the Gospels. He took notes, or he, we read part of the Gospels. But then I kind of fizzled it out, and now... Now it's come up again because Phoebe, she's more, she likes to hang out with, she doesn't mind hanging out with a bunch of kids she doesn't know. So I asked her a few weeks ago, would you like to go to confirmation at First Plymouth or do you want me to do it? And she definitely wanted to go to First Plymouth. So I signed her up and she went to, she had her first confirmation class on Wednesday night, and I sat in the parking lot the whole time. It was so great because I knew she was in there getting religious instructions, such as it is. Um, and so she's uh, taking the class through the church. It's a year-long thing, and they do service projects. And so I'm like, I got to kick it into gear with Teddy. I got to finish. Teddy didn't want to do that. And, you know, one of my things is, I don't like to make my kids do stuff they don't want to do. I mean, stuff like that. Like when I was, but this is the crux of my, my talk here group. And I don't want to, you know, well, I don't even, I'm not going to say I don't want to offend my, my family. Because like I've said, they don't even listen. <laughs> my parents don't even listen to my show. But um, when I was a kid, there wasn't, it wasn't a choice. Like you just went to Sunday school. You went to youth club. You went to conf confirmation. Like, it wasn't like you got to any say in the matter. It's just what you did. And that's my, not a problem, but that's something I have to deal with now that my own kids are that age. And me as like a, having been their theologian mom, it's like, what do I teach them when I don't even know what I believe? <laughs> so, you know, I always give them the the question or, you know, I talk to them about the Christian tradition, for example, or in our family tradition, we have done this. I never present anything as like, this is the way, but I do want them to know about Jesus. I do. And I want them to know about the songs, like the songs we sing in church. Like, I still get a lot of joy. Just a couple days ago, I was walking. It was like twilight, and I was listening to one of my favorite songs, um, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing on, the, like, a violin. Like, I love those songs. And I'm glad they're in my life. But I don't want to teach my kids that I want them to be able to use, have their own thoughts on these things, which... I just, ne it didn't even occur to me to have my own thoughts, <laughs> not even to mention all this sex stuff when I'm like, all that thing, all that stuff I did at church, did I get anything out of it? Like, what if I had learned about my body and <laughs> my mind? I feel like that would have been way more valuable. So I'm still honestly questioning the value of the, like the Protestant church in rural America. I mean, I really think, what did I learn from that? And I'm still trying to figure it out because I don't really, <laughs> I don't have a lot of great answers about that. So anyway, all this is to say, Teddy and I, 
we decided that we were going to have our quote confirmation class late Saturday morning. So we had it today, and we read, uh, like I've mentioned before, the, the Sarah Rudin version of the Gospels, and we read the uh, Good News According to Matthew, chapters 1 and 2. We read it from Sarah Rudin's cont- very contemporary translation and this study Bible I have. And uh, Teddy and I both read it, and we talked about it. And I suppose I feel most comfortable teaching, I guess you could say, the Bible is literature. Because Teddy was getting pretty emotional. Like, he was upset about King Herod killing all the babies under age two. (laughs) Because that is extremely upsetting. Um, And... uh, he, I had him write a little bit about it. And Teddy, my son, is really good about sharing what he thinks with me, which I love. And he, he wrote in his journal or his confirmation notebook, I said, and this is what I believe. Like, this is what I tell my students at SCC. Like, what is your emotional response to all this? Like, that's where you should start. So I said, how did this make you feel? And he wrote that he just didn't feel very good about the part about Herod killing the uh, two-year-old and under children. One of, I think it's boys, like that, that would make sense. One of the translations said children, one said baby boys. Um, and he, he didn't like the way that felt. And then he said that the, I go, well, that is something about the Bible. It's not boring. I go, and a a lot of the Bible is about people behaving really badly. And Teddy, <laughs> Teddy said, um, and I wrote it down so I could share it with you guys. He said about the Bible, I guess it did outsell Agatha Christie, so I guess it must be kind of okay. I mean, I would rather read Agatha Christie, but because <laughs> we've been reading Agatha Christie. We read Agatha Christie a lot during COVID, like um, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, and Teddy's a huge fan of Agatha Christie. And um, I was just saying, he was doing a thing for one of his classes at Lincoln High about Agatha Christie, about this book. And he's like, what could somebody say about Agatha Christie that's not good? And I was like, well, maybe you could say that she could use a little more character development. Like, you don't really learn that much about a lot of the characters some of the time. And and he put that in, and, and then I said, but I don't think that bothers many people since this Agatha Christie is the second most best-selling thing after the Bible. And he's like, well, after Shakespeare in the Bible. So we were just talking about what a badass writer Agatha Christie is. And so Teddy said today, you know, the Bible is okay, but it's not as good as Agatha Christie. So I guess I'm coming from a reference point of the Bible as literature. Um, and I feel comfortable with that. So I guess that's what we're going to go with. This This is a book about people and their relationship with God and the concept of God. You know, it's nice I have this podcast so I can kind of talk things out. But I suppose I'm going to talk more. So, oh, to go back to sex, <laughs> like I love to do. Um, when I'm thinking about what's the purpose of all this, what's the purpose of my conversion? When it uh, when I I can't you know turn back time. <laughs> I heard that song by Cher, one of my favorite Cher songs. I can't turn back time and be young and single again. I I can't. So what can I get out of like this discovery of my sexual self? And I think it's the confidence to teach quote religion in a, a very questioning way, and give it to my kids, and I guess teach them that it's okay to question. 
and just teach them, I guess, about the the metaphorical culture of religion. Like, Teddy, again, it's nice. I love having teenage kids, actually, because they're doing so many interesting things. In one of Teddy's classes, he had had to take the, uh, or they were talking about Gardner's intelligences. And I said, oh, what was yours, bodily kinesthetic? And he goes, that was number two, because Teddy's always like throwing a football or swinging a plastic baseball bat. And both of my kids just have so much physicality. They're both like hugging and blocking and moving, like very climbing. Phoebe especially loves to climb. So I was like, what's yours, uh, bodily kinesthetic? And he said, that was number two. And I go, oh, I know what was number one, logic, right? And he said, yes, Teddy really likes logic. He just said the other day he likes to logic things out. So when we were reading today, the famous story, of course, about the Magi and them finding the star and following, following the star to the birth of the baby, Teddy was reading out loud the part of following the star. And then he paused and looked at me and said, is this even possible? Then I go, oh, (laughs) that's the thing. (laughs) I said, we live in a very literal culture. And Teddy goes, and that's good, right? And I go, oh. (laughs) Um, And so I'm trying to teach him that, you know, like my husband, he's very, uh, when we were talking about the um, intelligent, multiple intelligences with him, he's by far the most spatial like I, one of the reasons I got with him in the first place was because of his spatial intelligence. Like, wow, you're really good at packing these boxes because <laughs> I don't have any spatial intelligence. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like my husband, it bothers him when I park the car and it's not like straight in the garage. I think, I don't know, I, I almost feel like, you know, you hear about kids or whatever that some, something, they're very sensitive to cloth. Like if it rubs them the wrong way, it really bothers them. Like my husband is so spatially sensitive, like he just sees the world in terms of shapes. And I don't see it like that at all, but he's also very like material. And so, and I think our culture also values that. Like we value engineers and building things and putting things together, right? We, And so when my daughter came out and Teddy, Teddy said to her, Phoebe, what do you think about metaphors? I don't like them. <laughs> so if nothing else, at least I'm putting the metaphor out there as part of an important, <laughs> an important part of being human, I think. I guess that's the thing. Um, that's the thing with my sexual growth, too. It's all about becoming human, becoming more human. That's that's the journey. <laughs> so I have five minutes left, um, and I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, I like to just throw it. I thought about doing this at the beginning, but I just wanted to jump right into my non-existent dancing in Omaha <laughs> and talk about that. But speaking of things, just like... Beauty, like the, and okay, I'll say, Teddy also said, are you bodily kinesthetic? And I was like, why, because of all my yoga? Because I am really discovering, truly discovering that I am also a very physical person. And darn you, Christianity, (laughs) darn you, Christian tradition, for your teachings on the Bible, or not the Bible, the body, or the lack thereof. Like, I think all of us actually are quite physical, but so much of 
at least again, at least in my experience, so much of it is know the body, no, no, sin, bad, no. Mm. <laughs> and I think that we have a real lack of physical expression. And I am um, not like that anymore. Now I'm out there with my body. I don't think I'm super like bottle, like I'm not an athlete. I'm not like really good, but I really enjoy now expressing myself through my body. Woo! Um, I mean, I don't think that's my number one intelligence. Like, if you want to know the truth, <laughs> my number one intelligence is intrapersonal, like knowing yourself. Like, really, the only—I'd say I've said this before on the show. Like, the only thing I really know is myself, and I'm quite comfortable talking about my ignorance and my journey, as they say, of yeah, of becoming more humane, becoming a human. Which I don't, I mean, I don't want to say I was inhuman before, but I wasn't super humane. And I feel like all of these kind of enlightening things that are happening to me, that's the, that's the real spiritual journey. Um, so quick, as we, as we wrap it up, I'm going to talk about the body. And it's so interesting about the stuff I didn't know, like beauty. Here's just a quick thing. I just looked today. Um, I got this, I got a facial, because I've said before, I didn't know I had beauty to tend to, and now I feel that I do, so I'm tending to it, and I, I get facials, and I got a little brochure about what they, what the services they offer at the spa. That's, I mean, I shouldn't say spa, like I always want to go to a spa, like I saw they did one time in Designing Women. <laughs> I've never actually had like a spa day. But there's all this beauty stuff, and this is all, I believe, like on the outside, which, again, is fine. Woo! And something I just learned today, and I'll share it with you, group, is a Brazilian blowout. And I was just, um, you know, I've talked about Brazilians before. I still haven't gotten one, but I'm strongly thinking about doing it. Just, you know, see how it goes. But a Brazilian blowout, I was like, I thought a Brazilian, they took away all your hair. What? What are they going to blow out? And even the word blow is. <laughs> so then it suddenly occurred to me that I could look it up on Google. <laughs> it's funny. I was also saying, like, my daughter was looking at this little brochure. And that's what I want to do. And I was telling her what a Brazilian is. And I'm like, so I don't know what a Brazilian blowout is. I also really believe in talking about it with your kids and I'm like Phoebe and I definitely talk about this stuff she's very interested in beauty and I love it it's very fun and I was saying something about us being two teenagers for better or worse <laughs> so anyway a Brazilian blowout is not about your hair down there it's about your hair on your head and it's basically, as far as I can tell, some type of treatment that makes your hair shiny and smooth for, like, months. Which is not my thing. Like, I love to have wavy hair and have it all beachy like that. And then they were talking about, for summer, Brazilian blowout, this article, would make your hair so you didn't have to, it didn't look so frizzy. And I'm just like, what? I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, anyway, Brazilian blowout is not like a Brazilian. It's about the hair on your head. But and at this one spa, they say, call for consultation and pricing. And I'm just like, whoa. Again, so many things I didn't even know were a thing. So, group, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I got real personal about the journey, didn't I? <laughs> Thanks for listening, and I will see you soon. Bye.
Thank you to Garrett Hope for my theme music. Thank you to Katie Nealon for my logo. And thank you to KZUM for the platform and opportunity.